there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. As uh, all of you know, Angie and I and Nikki actually were, uh, Nikki Robs, we were down in Redding, California this last few days uh, at a leadership conference there. It was super good. I uh, wanted to just uh, thank you all for praying for us. We we had several of you give us uh, encouragements, prophetic words. <clears throat> uh, you know, we got a text just telling uh, us that you were praying for us and uh, just really appreciate you holding us in your heart while we were gone. That's really awesome. And uh, thank you all for, for doing that. So uh, it was really an amazing time in the presence of God and God spoke to us and I was, I was actually talking with Kirsten this morning and it's kind of, it's, it's just interesting because I'm trying to, you know, like, well, what did God do? And I'm like, it was so good. I mean, all the messages were amazing. The times in worship in the presence of God were amazing, but you know, it's like, how do you, how do you like encapsulate that and like what, and say, what did God do. And what I was, uh, what I was aware of, I actually became aware of it yesterday afternoon uh, while we were um, spending a little bit of extra time in the, in the airport than what we planned. And, um, <laughs> and um, I just became aware that what God did was a deposit in us that we can't actually point to it and say, well, it was, he did that because it came from that guy's message or that woman's message. And it's because they said this, this happened. It was like the whole thing was a deposit that, that God put in there and he's, he's beginning to birth some new things. I felt some changes in me. Um, and, uh, and actually, um, I, I can't really put words to it. I can't tell you like this is what it is, except for that it's good. And uh, <laughs> so I think that uh, there are definitely some things, uh, just very specific things that are we're going to be unpacking uh, from this conference for a while. Um, we had the privilege of uh, hearing uh, a man by the name of Donald Miller speak, um, and he has written several books. One of uh, uh, there was a really controversial book back in the day called Blue Like Jazz that he wrote. I uh, may have heard of that one, but his most recent book and kind of one that's uh, that's really kind of um, a really powerful, uh, just a powerful display of, of God, of heaven coming to earth through his book actually is, uh, is, is called... Um, uh, building your story brand, and uh, you may have read that. If you haven't read it, it's a good idea that you do because it's 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 really good. Um, so I know for us as a team, we're going to be uh, unpacking that um, and reading that. That book is actually what they gave us at the conference. Um, he's not from Bethel. He's actually not really from the Bethel stream, but he has an amazing message. Mostly, he's focused on business. Uh, he he um, meets with a lot of business leaders, but uh, he, he definitely. Um, is is releasing something out of heaven with this message that he gave us. So uh, we're excited about that. But um, so many good things. But personally, it was just really a refreshing time. And uh, we got to connect with uh, several leaders that we hadn't seen uh, in a long time. Some of you may know John and Chris Sonneland. We ran into them and had time to, to let them pray for us. And we prayed for them. It was a really powerful time. Uh, God's doing some really good things in their lives. And, and uh, so that, that was super fun. But um, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, and I came back kind of just stirred up and, and reignited with some passion and focus for our ministry here, for just my life, and then the church plant that we're, that we're going after. <laughs> so good stuff. So anyway, um, that, that's probably like oh, very generic, doesn't give you the details that some of you really want. I'm sorry, I really can't help you with that. But, but it was super good. So thanks for your prayers. And uh, I know we'll be... Uh, that what God put in us is going to come out, right? Yeah. Awesome. Last week I shared a bit of a vision update talking about uh, being poised uh, as a church for our next steps. And um, uh, if you weren't here, really encourage you to, to check that message out on our podcast, which is in the process of being updated. So if, if it's not up to date yet, it will be soon. Uh, but um, last week's message is, is just a, a, a great summary. You know, I, I, I didn't plan on it being a good message. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> you guys are like, that's really stupid. I don't know. I didn't actually know it was going to be good until I, I, I gave it. And actually, I just felt the presence of God on that message. And I felt like it had a lot of really uh, important things for us. So if you haven't heard it, I really encourage you to get that and take a listen to it. Uh, it'll, it'll give you a great summary of where we're at. But I think there, it also uh, releases a deposit of what God is releasing over us as a church right now. So um I encourage you to do that. Um, some important information that we're going to cover here today that is that I also covered last week is just letting you know that we have a team uh, who's uh, in the beginning stages of looking for uh, a new facility for us to have our Sunday services. We're not moving out of the house. We're, the house is still going to be here and we're still going to be using it for a, a lot of things. And until we find that location, the house is still where we're having church. Um, but for Sunday services, we're looking for some, some additional things, uh, and um, so that's that we've got a team that's looking into that. Um, just wanted to address this thought here. I believe that the season of us doing church here in Thrive Ministry Center um, uh, was and is critical for us. It's, it, it's God didn't do this on accident, and that there's some things that had to happen that can only happen in this kind of an environment. And um, so we're, we're, we're grateful for that and, and uh, pressing in to kind of fully get a hold of everything that God has for us in this season. But we do believe that there's some things that, uh, that we're looking for that need to, to take us out of this. And we're seeking the Lord about that and figuring out how that's going to look. But one of the things I was going to say to us, uh, to all of us here, is that it's actually really important that we submit our hearts in this process. Like, uh, what is God growing in us? so that we can fully complete his assignment in this season. What is he doing here? And we don't want to move on to the next season unprepared. Like we want to get all that he had for us and has for us in this in this time. Uh, so I really want to encourage you to press into that. Um, and um, But we are, we are looking for some different things. And that is, it's interesting because what it actually tells me, I know that when, when God... Put it in my heart to begin to look for that new facility. It was like he healed something in my heart that was broken. I mean, I, I was like, I was underweight or some pressure or uh, just maybe I was believing some lies. But he, he, it's like he turned a notch and I and I began to see some some things differently. And um, so what I what it tells me is that he's ready to move forward. He's got some ne- he's got some new things. Um, I think it's a sign that that um, that that what he's intending for this season is actually being accomplished in us. It's not it's not something that is uh, we're not we're not moving to something else because this isn't working right and we're failing. We're moving to something else because God's moving us forward. And, and I just want to make sure that you hear that. And uh, I'd love to talk with any of you about that if you have questions or thoughts uh, or ideas. I mean, a lot of you, uh, I'm sure actually, what, uh, I'm just, I'm inviting a lot of really fun conversations here now. But um, what, that, what that means is we're all going to start to have some ideas about what can it look like and you're going to dream with me. That's actually really beautiful. So, um, um the, the team that's looking is uh, comprised of four of us that are a part of the board of directors. Um, and at some point, I'll tell you all who they are. <laughs> not today, though. Um, they're not, like, secret. But they're not all here, so I want them all to be here so I can introduce them to you. But um, our goal is to really find that facility and shift our Sunday services uh, in the next three to six months. That's what we're looking for. So where does that put us? Like January, somewhere, uh, April? Uh, that's, that's, that's the goal. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. Anyway, there. Today I want to spend the rest of our time talking about the purpose of the church. What is the purpose of the church? Last week I read you the, the mission and the vision statements for our church, and I'm just going to read the mission statement today again. But our mission is expanding God's kingdom by igniting transformation through vibrant growth individually and globally. Our mission is to expand the kingdom of God. How? By igniting transformation. Uh, vibrant growth in the lives of the people that we serve and reach. Um, but it's important 
to realize when we're talking about the church mission, it's not it's not necessarily the same thing as talking about the purpose of the church. When we read our mission statement, it's not necessarily the same as, as talking about what is the purpose of the church. When I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the broad, universal, uh, worldwide big C church. There's lots of different ways of describing that. But um, what is that purpose? And um, if what we're doing as a church isn't augmenting or complementing the work of God in the worldwide body of Christ, then something's out of order. Everyone understand that? We have one king. It's not, we don't have a different king than the church down the street. We serve the same God. We serve the same one, and he's doing something. And, and what we're doing needs to be in alignment and connection uh, with the purpose and the mission of the church. Uh, and I believe it is. I, I'm, I wasn't, like, worried about that. I was just, like, pointing that out, that, that what we're doing is a part of what he's doing. Amen? Amen. We're not, we're not this little tiny group that's got our own little plan and nobody, uh, that it doesn't connect with anything else. It's actually connected in with what God is doing in our city and in our region and in the world. Amen? It's one of the reasons that I really value interacting with other regional leaders and churches because uh, if we get too focused on only what we're doing, then we can miss aspects of what he's doing. Right? We don't want to be uh, inward focused like we are about us. We, we need to be focused on what, God's ha- what God has in front of us, what we're supposed to be doing, our responsibilities. I understand that. But sometimes we also need to lift up our eyes and see what God's doing around us. And um, I think during uh, just the season of transition that we were in to get to the house, um, that was one of the things that kind of got, I got stuck in. It was like, I, I got to do what God's told me to do. And I and uh, he's, he's been really uh, challenging me to lift up my eyes, uh, look beyond what is right here, because it actually will help me see better what we need right here when I look and see what is he doing there, what is he doing around us. So uh, just, I thought I'd, this would be a good point in my message to kind of make you aware of some upping, uh, upcoming things that you may or may not know about and, and encourage you to be a part of these things if you can. Uh, first of all, uh, this coming weekend, uh, there's a conference going on at East Point Foursquare Church, and uh, it's, it's an Open Heavens conference. How many know we, we have an Open Heavens how many know it's good that we do? <laughs> um, and there's some amazing speakers that are coming through for this conference. Uh, uh, first, we have Robbie Dawkins. Uh, some of you may not know who that is, uh, but I, I'm just telling you, he's an amazing man of God who who is uh, probably his his forte is to bring the kingdom into the marketplace. Uh, he, uh, some of you may be familiar with him from some of Darren Wilson's uh, movies, uh, Finger of God, uh, and he just kind of was modeling how do we bring the kingdom into the marketplace, and he was going out and praying for people in the streets and seeing people healed and set free, and um, he, that's kind of what he does, but he does it all over the world, and he's an amazing leader. So uh, he's an amazing guy. And then Chris Overstreet, uh, who uh, is... Uh, more recently from Bethel Church. He's not actually in Reading right now. He's, he uh, is residing in Portland, Oregon, and uh, he has launched another ministry, Compassion uh, to Action, I think is the name of it. Yeah. Um, thanks, babe. Compassion to Action. He hosted a big um, stadium event down in Portland, uh, just probably three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. Um, and it was an amazing time there. I, I've heard I wasn't able to go, but, um, uh, he's going to be here. Actually, he's going to, Chris Overstreet is going to be here twice in the next like two weeks. He's speaking at the, at the East Point Foursquare conference. Um, uh, and then also on November 18th, um, we have a huge event that's going on down uh, at the Tacoma Dome put on by uh, Pastor Nathan French, who's uh, really, pastor's probably not the right word for him. He's a prophet, uh, evangelist, uh, uh, something with, he's got a lot of juice on his life. Um, um, but he, um, basically they're, they're hosting um, Awaken the Planet. Uh, and the, he has, 
I was talking with him just last week, and uh, he is taking Awaken the Planet all across the world. He's got different venues in mind already in some different countries where Awaken the Planet is going to happen. But the first one is in Tacoma, at the Tacoma Dome, and he's wanting to gather, uh, I, I don't know how many people that holds, but he's anticipating a full house at the Tacoma Dome. And um, so we want to encourage you to partner with that as well. That is uh, Sunday, November 18th, and it goes from 2 p.m. Uh, until they kick you out, which I think is somewhere around 10 p.m. or something like that. A couple, several different sessions, lots of different speakers, uh, including Chris Overstreet and, and many others. Uh, so um, I know the worship is being done by Rick Pino. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. Lots of you might be, but uh, so he's going to be here this weekend, that weekend as well. So super cool. But like I was saying, it's important to stay connected to what God is doing in our region and in the world. And the really good news is, is that's possible. You know, there was a day, an age in the church where like, you know, you'd have to find out what God was doing across the world in a, in a letter that was carried and you didn't get for three months until after the fact, right? But we can look um, on the internet and find out, and we can watch it live probably uh, from anywhere in the world and see what God is doing uh, all the way across the planet. And so he's really, uh, he's made it possible for us to stay connected with what is happening around the world. And so I just really encourage you to to do that, take part of it, because um, the, this, you know, our I mentioned our church, our mission for our church needs to be in alignment with what he's doing all around the world. Um, the same is true with us as individuals. What our life is about, our lifestyle, our our mission needs to be aligned with God's plan and purpose for the church. How many understand that? Right, because we're a mem- we're members uh, of His body, and so um, it's important for us to to uh, lift up our eyes and see what God's doing all around us. So, First um, Corinthians twelve, uh, this is verses fourteen through eighteen, tells us that the the body of Christ is not made up of only one part, but of many. And it speaks of the importance of recognizing the many, many different facets and functions of the body. And it says this, it says, it is God who places the members of the body in their place as it pleases him. I've always loved that. He gets to choose where we get placed. Um, and, and so um, regardless of, of where you are, what you're pursuing in life, where you're aimed, uh, your life, uh, my life, needs to be in alignment with the overall mission of the kingdom because where placement is by him and for his pleasure. <laughs> You're not just here because uh, you don't know where else to be. You're here because he's placed you here. And, and it pleases him to do that. Um, the reality is that it could seem limiting you know, like, um, I'm here, and this, this is for his purpose, and it's not about what I want. But really, in truth, that's freedom. It's freedom to be in the place where God has placed you. There's nowhere else in all the earth where you can experience the freedom than uh, the freedom that God wants to give you than when you're in the place that has been designed for you by God. I tell you, when you fight that, if you're like, well, I don't want to be where God put me, then you actually, uh, you're pressing against something that you feel like is limiting you. But the reality is it's the thing that sets you free when you're in the exact place where God's placed you. So uh, that's that whole idea of alignment. This is not alignment to my ideals or my uh, my vision or anything. It's really what is he, uh, what is going on in his heart and how is he releasing it in the earth and aligning your life to connect with what he's doing. So um, really encourage you in that. Let, let's, uh, let's be people that are pressing in and understanding what God's doing so our life partners with it. Uh, it, it should be a resounding uh, symphony of, of, of the people of God hearing uh, who God is and where he's going and, and pressing with him going after the same things. So um, we'll talk some more about what that looks like, but... Um, I want, like I, like I mentioned, I want to talk about what the purpose of the of the church is, and we're going to get to some of that here in just a minute. Uh, there isn't really a scripture that literally identifies itself as the mission statement for the church. 
uh, but Scripture does have a lot to say about the mission of the church. So we're going to read some Scripture. Um, so this is not John's opinion about things. This is actually what the Scripture has to say. <clears throat> um, first, uh, first one that just uh, jumped into my spirit when I was preparing and really following the lead of the Holy Spirit on what to talk about today, but um, is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, a lot of you will, will recognize these verses as the Great Commission. This is when Jesus is um, about to ascend into heaven and, and he, he speaks to his disciples and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So in this scripture, we see Jesus having received, um, uh, this is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Just to paint you a quick picture, um, this is the idea uh, of, uh, of how through sin at the garden, we surrendered dominion. We surrendered the keys of, of authority to the enemy. Um, and Jesus, by his work at the cross, by, by the crucifixion and through resurrection, uh, it says that, uh, really speaking of the, of the days w between the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, that Jesus went into the lower parts, into hell, and he took the keys from the enemy and he brought them back. And now, after the resurrection, he has all authority in heaven and in earth. And when he gets all authority, what is the first thing he says to us? I have authority, therefore, you go. I have authority, you go. Are you getting that? This is the purpose of the church. I have authority, Jesus has authority, and he sends us. What does that mean? Just like the Father sent me, I send you, Jesus said. Uh, when we are sent by him, what do we have? His authority. He has all authority in heaven and where? He ascended to heaven, but where is his authority remaining? It's remaining here in the earth. Why? Because he sent us. He sent his disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, Mark 16, uh, verses 15 through 20, is really uh, the same event uh, told to us by a different one of the, the gospel writers. Uh, it's, it's happening at the same time. It has some of the same flavor, but it has some different wording that I wanted to, to just bring out again, too, because it, it gives a little bit more uh, of, I think, specific pictures about what Jesus is sending us to do. But he says to them, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe uh, will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will be by, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then it says, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's a critical understanding. Jesus uh, ascending into heaven, sits down in that seat of authority at the right hand of God. And then it says, verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. This is a picture of the purpose of the church. Uh, this is the flow of heaven. What happened when Jesus was sent, was sending his, his people to do the work and, and, and that picture of when, he, when it's happening, when he's ascending into heaven, we're seeing there's a transition happening. 
Jesus was here on the earth for three and a half years uh, ministering. Uh, he was here for 33 and a half years, apparently. Um, I didn't know about the half year, wouldn't have known specifically like what the dates were. But 33 and a half years, three and a half years of his life were ministry. He was here, and then, uh, and he was demonstrating. He was teaching. He was he was showing us what it looks like to be a uh, to be a, a human vessel, uh, completely filled with the Holy Spirit, and and going about and doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. That's what it says about him in the book of Acts. Jesus did that, um, but that was during the time when he was here. Um, and even during that time, he actually sent out the 12 and he sent out the 70. Um, but when he ascended, he, was, he released his authority onto the body and he said, you go. I have authority, you go. Such a powerful picture. Ephesians 3 has a, has a different uh, take on, on that. Um, on all of the, kind of the, the purpose of the church. And I want to just read it here. This is Ephesians 3, uh, verses 10 and 11. It says, His intent was, now, was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I just think that's really a powerful statement. I mean, just listen to what it says. I mean, his intent, this is God's plan. His, in, his intent was that now, everybody say now, now. through the church, who? The church. That's right, us, the church. This is what's happening. The manifold wisdom of God is being made known through the church. This is, the, in, this is the part that really captures my interest and intrigue. Like, what does it look like? Because it says, um, the, the manifold wisdom of God made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So our mission, our call is actually not just affecting earthly things. What we're doing is shifting something that is affecting authority and the rulers in the heavenly realms. <laughs> and that's God's intention. And, and I think that, it, that the purpose of it is accomplished in us still responding to the go. You therefore go. As we're doing that, the manifold wisdom of God is demonstrated and released and, and made known into the realm of heaven, the realm of the heavenlies. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I could preach a whole series on that one, that one verse, but I'm going to move on. Uh, it's really powerful. I'm skipping some scriptures here just for time's sake, but there's some really great ones. <laughs> I'll probably come back again another time. Um, Ephesians 1. <clears throat> this is verse 15 through 23. Um, and I'll just read it here. I don't want to get stuck too long because it's it's really powerful, but uh, but it's good, but it, it's long. So we're gonna keep we're gonna go through it and hit it really fast. But it says, "Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers." So Paul, writing his letter to the Ephesians, uh, he hears of the faith that they have in Jesus. And he, and he says to them, I, I never cease giving thanks to you, making mention of you in, in my prayers. And then this is sort of his prayer for them. So I want you to listen to this. He says, I pray this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Why? Because we're 
we're displaying his wisdom to the to the, the heavenly realms, right? We need to have the wisdom of heaven in order to move forward. Um, all right. I pray that that would happen, that the eyes of your understanding be, would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Remember, we referenced that earlier. This is where that seat is, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. That's a huge picture. He seated him in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, uh, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. I don't want to get stuck there because that's a whole different thing to kind of pull out and under, try to understand what Paul is saying about that. But um, he put all things under his feet and he gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now, this next verse ought to cause your teeth to rattle because this is what it's talking to us about the church. He gave him, Jesus, seated in heavenly places, uh, right? Gave him, he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus isn't the fullness of, uh, he's obviously he's the fullness of himself, no one's questioning Jesus and his power and authority. We see just, no one says, well, Jesus couldn't do it. But what, what the scripture says is that the church is the body of Christ, which is the fullness of him. The church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. So all those things that is said about Christ, seated in heavenly places, of a principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, uh, everything under his feet, that authority, that realm that Jesus has, that's what all of us have as the body of Christ. That's what we walk in. That's one of those scriptures that's like, oh, I don't get it probably, but um, I want to understand it and I want to see the manifestation of that in the earth. Uh, that's actually one of the things that just stirs my heart is I want the church to be the full picture no, I mean, not just like, uh, you know, the people who confess that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Jesus lives in my heart. I mean, if the church was really who the church is called to be, the, the, the nations would be rocked by what is happening around us. Twelve men who were sent out by God rocked the whole region that they lived in. Uh, people were freaked out about them coming to their city. Those same men that turned the world upside down have come here. And we have millions of believers today, um, people who call themselves Christians, and yet sometimes the work of the cross uh, is minimized. Although if you want to really see what's going on, God's doing something in this day and age that's bigger than we've ever seen. The greatest revival of all time is right now. It's happening right now. Um, Ephesians 2, um, consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling uh, in which God lives by his spirit dwelling place for God and the earth. It's good. That passage tells us that God's house is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Foundation of the body of Christ, apostles and prophets. And then in Ephesians 4, we see Christ himself gave the, the 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Remember the scripture we, that, we, that we just read, Jesus seated in heavenly places, right? Far above all principality, rule, might, dominion. Uh, he's been given the name above every name. He's been, uh, all things have been put under his feet. Um, and uh, he's been given as the head to the church who is his body, filling all in all, right? The fullness of him, the church. Um, and how does that happen? It happens by the equipping that comes from the, these five-fold ministries that are listed here. Um, uh, so this is where the five-fold ministry uh, is laid out. Uh, now, for you who may not have heard that term, fivefold, uh, it, it says that because there are five of them. <laughs> it's it's not this mystery. <laughs> it, it's not some spiritual saying. Somebody called it the fivefold. It's really just these five gifts that Christ gave to the church are, are what equips us and makes us ready, sets us up, uh, and, and causes that full measure of who Christ is to be manifest in the earth. Um, so uh, we saw the, the foundation of the church is the apostles and prophets. Then we have these five ministry gifts. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 27 and 28. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Everybody say Amen. <laughs> and uh, it says, and God placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, uh, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Um, uh, these verses give us the order to the leadership of the body. First uh, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and so on. Um, there's been a lot of really great teaching on all of this that's been coming out in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, and I believe it's because the Lord is preparing the church uh, for what he's doing in the earth, uh, what he's releasing right now. But one of the teaching that strikes me, particularly in light of what we're talking about today, is, that I, is the idea that God is in the process of adjusting his church to have apostolic structure versus pastoral structure. Uh, those might be terms that like make you like your eyes roll back in your head, but let me help you with that. But um, we see those last three scriptures that we read. Ephesians two says the foundation of the church is apostles and prophets. Ephesians four lays out the 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 fivefold ministry: apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then First Corinthians twelve. Uh, says uh, he's given to the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, etc. It's fairly easy to see that the biblical structure of the church ought to be apostolic in nature, uh, and it identified as first in each of these three lists that we just read. Um, but what does apostolic structure look like? What does that mean? Because we're talking about the purpose of the church. How many think that the purpose of the church is probably going to be identified by looking at the structure that he provides us with, right? We're going to see purpose because this is the, the structure. He's building it a certain way because in his heart, it's going to accomplish a particular purpose. So are you following me? That's why we're looking at the structure. Um, so apostolic structure. I want to just combat a couple particular ideas and then I'm going to be done. Um, you know, if I were to just ask the question, like, why does the church exist? Um, why does the, the, the local church exist? Um, there might be a lot of different answers, but one of the first ones that I, I think might come to the surface is, well, it exists to meet the needs of the people in the church. Like, that's what the church is, you know, is for. Uh, or maybe we would think this, to take care of the less fortunate in our society, like the homeless, the broken, widows, orphans, uh, even perhaps uh, people groups like the unborn or um, other, other um, demographic breakdowns, uh, to take care of starving children in third world countries or, or maybe even in our own city. That's why, is, is this why the church exists? Uh, to bring, uh, maybe to bring clean water. It's a big movement uh, that we've seen in the last, uh, I don't know how long it's been going on. It's really amazing stuff. To 
to bring clean water to places that don't have it in third world, third world countries. I love that stuff. I think those, those are amazing things, but let me just be really clear here. These things are not the purpose of the church because if there was the purpose of the church, God wouldn't have given us the structure that he's given us. The really important things, your needs are, are important. They're actually even important to me. You having your needs met, uh, they're really important things. I care about you. I care about your needs. Uh, I care about uh, the, the homeless and the broken in our city and in, around the world. I, I want these things to, to, to be met with the kingdom of God coming and bringing life and bringing health to those places. I want those things to happen. And I believe that they actually do happen as an outflow of what happens inside uh, the body of Christ becoming who we're called to be. I believe that. But I don't believe that that's actually the purpose of the church. In a healthy church environment, the members will get their needs met and there will be people and ministries released to meet the needs of needy people in our city and around the world. I believe that. But that's that can't be confused with the purpose of the church uh, because I believe the purpose of the church can be clearly seen in the structure. Um, when the needs of the people are primary in the environment, that structure is pastoral in nature. If that's the primary thing we're concerned about is uh, having people's needs met, that's a pastoral structure. Apostolic structure is about building and advancing the kingdom. Uh, apostolic, and it's, uh, it, the very word means uh, sent, sent ones. Uh, someone who's apostolic is a sent one. Um, it doesn't ignore the fact that people have needs and they need to be healed and whole. They need to have their needs met. Uh, but it puts in place uh, the priority that the reason for you to be healed and whole is so that you can carry the light of Christ and expand the kingdom of God. Right? Are you following me? It's not an end to itself. You having your needs met is not an end to itself. It's important. But the purpose of you getting your needs met and being whole and healed and set free is so that you can help the cause of Christ advance the kingdom in the earth. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than our church. It's bigger than you as an individual. And when we, when we, when we have, when we get overtaken by, like the goal is we're trying to meet the needs of people. Guess what happens? Our mission and our vision becomes very small. It's about us and our, our people inside the walls. But when we start to lift up our eyes and look to what we're called to be, what we're actually here for, we're not, we're not gathered in this house uh, just so we can um, help each other feel better and, and strong enough to make it through the next week. That's survival mode. Folks, we're not made for only surviving. We're called thrive for a reason. We're thriving because we're intended to bring the kingdom into the dark realms of this earth till every, uh, every kingdom of this world uh, becomes a, a part of the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. That's Revelations eleven fifteen. So I have a question for you. Does your life align with that mission? How do you need to shift your lifestyle in order to keep the mission of the church central to what your life is about? Do you go about uh, your day, your week, your, uh, your lifestyle unaware of the fact that you're a part of an advancing kingdom? If you do, it's, it's time to shift that and to re remember who you are. I'm not saying there's not a priority of still having your needs met, getting healed. Uh, we can't really do uh, the effective working of the kingdom uh, in the earth if we're broken. We need to be healed. So I'm not, just, I'm not at all saying that doesn't need to happen. But there's a huge difference between the seeker-sensitive church and the presence-driven church. Um, and if you don't know, um, we are after being a presence-driven church, just to make that really plain. The seeker-sensitive church is about being pleasing to those that are seekers. I mean, I, I want people to come into our environment and feel loved. Don't you? I mean, you want them to feel welcome. We want them to know that we're glad they're here, right? Anyone have a disagreement with that? Yeah, nobody, nobody doesn't agree with that. But if we were to like have to weigh that, like do I make you uncomfortable 
by uh, seeing uh, some manifestation here. We don't kind of get to, we have to quench those kind of things. Like just wash, let's whitewash the presence of God out of the, out of the service so that people feel happy and comfortable. I'm sorry, but I'm not after that. If that's the kind of church you want to be a part of, there's a lot of them you can find, and I'm not even trying to talk them down. I'm just saying that what I'm after is I'm after the manifest presence of God showing up in this place and rocking us. If it, if it scares me, I'm good. If he shows up here in a way and all I know how to do is fumble through the service and fall on my face, then that's what I'd prefer to having a whitewashed service where what's most important is pleasing people. We're after him. He can do things that we can't do. We're still going to serve coffee. We're still going to have grapes. Praise God. We're still going to welcome people when they come in. We want to love on them with the love of God. But what we are after is the presence of God showing up, bringing encounter. We want to see his glory come. Now, you can read lots of stories about what it looks like when the glory comes, but most of the time what it means is it freaks you out. <laughs> you see stuff you've never seen before. I want that. If we're too concerned about whether people like it here... We're missing the point. I mean, I, again, you guys hear my heart, right? I, I'm not like trying to make it uncomfortable on purpose. Like, let's just make it really hard for people to like us. That's not what I'm saying. We want them to find parking. <laughs> we want them to know where we are. So I'm, you know, you hear what you hear what I'm saying. But the very most important thing, the priority that, that, that trumps every other thing that we might be doing and why is that the, the purpose we're here, the reason we're here is to have him show up and do what only he can do. Why? Again, back to the purpose of the church. We want him to be a part of it. He's the head. We don't want to be the headless church. When he shows up and does what only he can do, he's being the head and the members of his body being released to do what they do. Your work of ministry, your work of service. What's your part? Well, you're doing it not because you're forced to do it. You're doing it out of love because you're connected to the head which means you're connected to the presence. If we're not living life out of presence experience, then, then we're living life without the fullness of what God intended. I, I think I could preach all afternoon. I'm not going to do that. Uh, so I hope you're hearing my heart. But the purpose of the church is not to meet your needs. It's not to meet the needs of the world around us. The purpose of the church is to become the living expression of the kingdom, the body of Christ. What what he's been sent to do, we've been sent to do. What he said, go therefore. I mean, we're responding to that still to this day. Go therefore to all the earth, preach the gospel, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, bring freedom where there's bondage, right? This is our call. This is why we exist. Uh, along the way, people's needs get met. Along the way, people find freedom and healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Along the way, that happens, and I'm all for it. I mean that with all my heart. But we've got to have central to our focus, the kingdom first, Seek ye first the kingdom. I mean, this is even a scripture that's talking specifically about our needs. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Why do you worry about provision? See how we close the lilies of the field. The birds never go without. I mean, this is the scripture that, that Jesus rolls right into. So seek first the kingdom. The kingdom needs to be central to our, to our focus. When the church is aligned with that mission of kingdom first, we're advancing the kingdom, we're pressing the kingdom forward. And by the church, I mean us. When we are aligned with that, it releases heaven into every other area. 
Our provision is actually, if we, if we have uh, a need in, a, in the physical realm that hasn't, that hasn't been manifest yet, whether that's finance or healing in our body or uh, opportunity or, or, or whatever it is, uh, it means that we haven't actually aligned to the kingdom first model. Uh, or, I mean, uh, and that's, that's probably a little bit um, uh, of a generalization because sometimes we press and we press and we keep pressing even when things don't manifest. So I'm not saying that if it hasn't worked out perfectly for you, there's obviously something wrong with you. That's not what I'm saying. But we do have a need to shift the kingdom back to the center. This is what we're here for. It's for him, for his glory, for his name, for the advancing of the kingdom. We're not building a kingdom unto ourselves. Are you with me? I'm not building Thrive Church so someday when people will say, oh, wow, look at how amazing he is. Isn't he a great pastor? Isn't he a, a great leader? I don't honestly, if that's all I'm going for this for, I, I need to look for a different job. <laughs> Just being real. If that's what it's about is about me, it's, it's, it's uh, well, the other thing I'd say is it's not worth it. <laughs> if that's all it's for, it's not worth it to me or to you. But if we're here for something else, if we're here because he's, he's, he's gathered us together for a purpose that connects with the, the advancing kingdom of God in our day and age, into this earth, into our city and our region, then it's worth everything that you and I can pay for it. Do you hear me? All right, Jesus. I pray right now that you would uh, set us free from models of church, from from from, com from comparison about what other churches are doing uh, to what we've got going on here. God, we don't, none of that's even important compared to what you're doing in us and where you've placed, up, placed us. You've placed us here for your pleasure and for your purpose. And God, we want to fill that purpose completely. God, I ask that the full measure, the full manifestation of what we are to be and how we are to live and do life and, and, and to bring the kingdom would happen here in us. God, don't stop until it's completely done. So it's flowing uh, in full measure. We don't want just a little trickle of presence. We want an absolute uh, avalanche, an absolute waterfall of you coming in, transforming us so much that we can't help but see our city transformed, not by some good program, not by some uh, really, really good uh, guest services idea. It's about how we connect and release the presence of God. That's what we're after, God. So help us with it, Lord. Holy Spirit, breathe into that. Breathe into that over us, God. We don't want to be anything else except that. God, we want to be a church that, that, that releases the full measure of who you are in the earth today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Oh, all right. Now you can have coffee. <laughs> but first, no, I'm kidding. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, enjoy your Sunday, enjoy some fellowship, and we love you. God bless you.